Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. All right, and the winner of Best Podcast of the Year. Oh, I can't wait to hear. And Best Comedy Podcast in the first annual Columbus Podcast Awards, hashtag 614 Podcast Awards, is Whiskey Business. Man, the crowd goes crazy. And and you actually you actually well not the not the comedy one, but you the big one, podcast of the year, you got to announce that, how which crazy I thought was, was that? This, how the the stars just aligned? Everybody yeah. got to to fill out a, like a raffle ticket, yeah. to announce the big winner, right? And you won, right? And you you got to announce us as being the winners. That was so awesome. And can I tell you, I never win anything ever, yeah. and I I just felt like I was going to win. Like Me I either. I was concerned that they wouldn't know how to pronounce my name because my name is spelled a little bit weird, and a lot of people up north here don't which, know how to. Wait, wait, what part wait. of your name is spared, spelled? L E I G H A N N. You think that's no oh, I knows get, how to do that? I get lay, I get all kinds of weird shit for my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just knew I was gonna win and then I knew you were gonna win. You knew um, it. You knew I it? did. I felt it you in my bones. It? I knew you were gonna chill. win. Um but that was that was super fun. Kudos to those kids for putting that shit together. It was yeah. it was very fun. I yeah, enjoyed it, even fun. though we didn't win because yeah. We probably go. got like ten votes. It was the first and ina- what they call the first inaugural Columbus yeah. Podcast Awards. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and and uh, what I what I found very cool about it, which I did not know when we w- actually went to the ceremony, what you mentioned those kids. There were a lot of kids who were actually uh, there, kind of learning on the spot. You know how to interview and how to uh, record and do some things uh, in the in the field, which I thought was you know, great. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what a great way to learn. Yeah, right. Just throw yourself in there and yeah. and, and start doing it. And mm-hmm. there were a couple of times I was one girl and she kept messing up. She goes, "I'm sorry, can we start again?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we can start again." She goes, I'm sorry, can we start again? <laughs> and she goes, "Dino Tribago, don't worry about the last name. <laughs> Just stick with Dino. Otherwise, we ain't never gonna get this interview done." <laughs> so I'm always want to ask you this question. Yeah. You're Greek. Mm. Tripodos is Greek. Yes, it is. But you belong. You talk a lot about the italian club yes so why do you belong to the italian are you like kindred spirits over there or what's the deal that's one that's one way to put it yes and according to uh, depending on who you speak to at the columbus italian club uh, my ancestry was traced and there is italian on, on my mother's side of the family Okay. So, yeah, I, any deeper explanation than that, this could be the last podcast you ever do, Leanne. <laughs> there might, you might be silenced after that. But no, there I'm is a kid in spirit there. Some of my best friends are in that club. Okay. And I've been a member of that club for probably, what, close to 17 years now. I've been the sergeant at arms, the vice president, the president um, of it. And there's actually an old saying that's that in Italy they say, una faccia, una razza. Yeah. One face, one race. Yeah, mm, one face, one interesting. race. Interesting. So, did you know that? So much better. Did you know you that Blair's fluent in Italian, and he is an Italian citizen? I did not know that. Mm-hmm. He is. He's not personally <sighs> Italian, but he is an Italian citizen. He's an Italian citizen. Look at all the fun facts we're coming <laughs> right tonight, right? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, that's great. And you, and and you speak it very well. Yeah. I can speak Greek. 
I've always wanted to learn how to speak Italian. And I always, and I've purchased, you know, the speak Italian in four days tapes and so forth and so on. That How'd are, that go? Uh, uh, not very well. <laughs> I'm learning English. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing okay. Yeah. My vowels are still a little bit off, but mm, I'm learning. Well. I'm learning. So um, the premise, that's super fun. Uh, the premise has had uh, two installments now. Um, the first one, and you guys know this, that anytime you do the, the first one of anything, you you have a concept in your brain as mm-hmm. to how you want it to work and how you hope it'll go. And if it does, yay, but there's still tweaks and things you need to do to fix it. And that's what we did in the second one. We, we, we met um, like a week later and literally tore ourselves apart, you know, as to what we, we did. We didn't, we gave ourselves some props in certain areas, but we actually tore it down and there were some things that I hated that I personally did that I tried to correct uh, as as the host. And this second one went just a little smoother, uh, a little snappier. And I don't know if it's also the fact that we were like we had one under our belt, so we kind of knew mm-hmm. sure. where to go. But little tweaks like music, you know, mm-hmm. there were a couple of dead spots in the first one where there was no music, and and I think music is a is a great tool for filling in those those gaps you know where where the where the audience isn't so much left to just stare and and wonder you mm-hmm. know they're unconsciously occupied with with music you know you you kind of cover things up a little bit well i didn't notice any a thing wrong with it. In fact, I had never stepped foot into Shadowbox Live, and it's within walking distance of where we live. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had so much fun. We went back to see. Was it Jason Banks? Is that his name? Yes. Yeah, he was his, so funny. Jason's mm-hmm. one of the best uh, stand-ups in Columbus right He's now. He's amazing. He's very funny. He's and got such a natural, yeah, easy delivery. You know? Yeah, and then. Um, the opening was the uh, the Winkleman gal. What's her first name? Nikki. Nikki Winkleman. She was really funny. She did a very brief set, though. Um, and then we saw a longer version of her set when we went back for the second premise. Right. She's so funny. She's a very talented young lady. But it, it was a it's a great way to get people in the door at Shadowbox. They should, I hope they're... Um, We're like, back there on September the 17th, uh, a Tuesday night again, I believe. Um and hopefully we'll we'll fill the joint again. There was some a few issues with the with the website, technical issues that we need to work out, and I think we're gonna have that all worked out fine and and fill the joint back up again. Um, I already have one of the I already have our special guest panelists booked. I do not have the other guys uh, booked yet, or who the special guest comedian will be. But what I'm hoping it becomes one of those things where enough of the comedy folk in Columbus start to hear about it and actually say, "Hey, I want to be on it," instead mm-hmm. of me, you know taking a stick and trying going through the bushes trying to find you know guys that are doing it but everybody that's done it has been very enthusiastic about doing it so i well, guess that's uh jack what's that jack shepherd yeah so uh when i drink i tend to spend money and uh he was selling his cds so i bought four <laughs> of his cds well, like DVDs. like i really dvds whatever <laughs> like I really needed them. So I'm, I'm giving them away as gifts, but keeping one for myself. But okay. yeah, the comedian should definitely sell their but shit better. Uh, I will, after I, I will use time. that as a, and yeah, hey, and you can, if you got merch, you can sell it. Maybe that'll yeah. draw some people in, but we had a lot of fun with it. And the, the concept is solid and all we're going to do is continue to improve upon it. So I'm excited about it. That's amazing. Um, 
So, and you write movies too, right? Or- yes, we do. John Whitney, who's our video uh, producer on the YouTube side of things with Whiskey Business, is also uh, my my uh, my partner in filmmaking. We've done a slew of short films and recently uh, a feature together, uh, The Street Where We Live, which we started back in 2016, and it's taken until 2019 to finally get it distributed. It had an interesting path along the way. When I say we started in 2016, that's like we, we sat on the front porch and came up with the idea, and then we scheduled the shooting, which took place one weekend uh, a month for eight months, so that took us into 2017. Mm-hmm. Then we had it done, and when we finally debuted it, and I think in, um, was it 20. I can't remember. We we premiered it at the Columbus Film Festival, and then uh, it went on the festival circuit and and won uh, best feature and got some honorable mentions at some others. But won best feature at the Glass City Festival up in Toledo, and then Phil Garrett, uh, who's one of our production partners as well, um, shopped it around and found ITN, a distribution company that's that focuses on independent films. Uh, they took it on, and we were very appreciative because it's easier to get somebody to take on an independent film if it's a, a horror film or a, a TNA comedy or something like that. That's mm-hmm. an easier sell okay. to the streaming market, to the DVD market. An independent, sad, um, don't know if it's going to end happy indie drama, not an easy sell. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the fact that it was purchased and, you know, and distributed, uh, shows that the film has some, some legs and some merit. So, so where can, where can people right now? They it? can, right now you can see it in Malaysia, Cambodia. <laughs> no, I'm I not kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it actually sold internationally in, in, in those countries. The, uh, for That's some cool. reason in the Pacific Rim, it sold well, but here in America, um, you can get it on Amazon prime. Okay. It's available now on Amazon Prime. If you're an Amazon Prime member, it'll be available to you for free starting in October. But right now it's $4.99. It's also on demand on DirecTV and Sling TV and Tubi TV, I believe. Yes, which I don't have Tubi TV, but... I've never even heard of Someone that. Someone says it's know. Netflix with commercials. Okay. Who uh, wants that? Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> Sounds like real <laughs> but TV. It, but, it's, but it's available. And I don't know about the... The, the DVD market here in the States, that's still to be negotiated. Um, I would imagine that's a tougher sell. That's, that's when the, the schlocky, uh, low-budget horror films and, and, and TNA comedies have a better shot getting pressed onto a DVD because those get sucked up at your Walmarts and Targets. They're 5 mm-hmm. bucks. they're 10 bucks. So I don't know if, if they'll think that the street where we live would be a good DVD release, but we're getting great reviews on Amazon. I've read uh, four or five um, reviews on Amazon from customers that have watched the film and have taken the time to to actually write something. So, speaking of reviews, when we were on your podcast, yes. Hansberry read a review from a gentleman who uh, it wasn't hated, a nice review. He hated, he hated it. He said he not hated everybody, the not everybody should do a podcast. So, yeah, sir. Do you remember you his name, just, Hansberry? Oh, God, yes. So now he can suck it because you just won. Well, he doesn't have to suck it. <laughs> no, he can suck it. He, he doesn't have to suck it. He you know, he, we may have caught him on a bad day. No. He may, you know, 
yeah, as you know, much like whiskeys, you know, one just because we know this is a fabulous whiskey, it's it's gonna taste like like crap to somebody else. Well, yes, but that doesn't mean that you have to be so. So just, negative. Just don't fucking buy it. Yeah, but you know that that's the way we are, especially in social media. People are so quick to judge and hate before they compliment and praise. That's just sad. It, that, but, but that's the truth, is it not? That's yeah. not how I. Oh work. yeah, boom, boom, boom! Can't wait to can't wait to hate and then hide. That sucks. But you know, to take the time to actually craft a compliment and to, and to, and to praise somebody. Um, yeah, that's okay. Well, that's you won't tell him to goes. suck it, but I'll tell him to suck it. You can um, tell him to suck it. So you were at Sunny ninety five, the morning show, nineteen ninety four, September of nineteen ninety four. Wow. To June of twenty eighteen. So a pretty good gig, huh? Twenty four years. Yeah, mm. twenty four years, almost twenty five. Why'd you leave? Mm-hmm. Uh, now who do I tell to suck it? <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you. You're um, on our podcast now. Yeah, no, 20, 24 years. Um, I'll, I'll give you an honest and at the same time politically correct answer because I don't, I don't subscribe. I, I try not to subscribe to to uh, it being. Angry and bitter is good for a little bit, but ultimately gets you nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had not left when I left, I probably would have been fired. Mm. And and uh, by the end of the year, and uh, there was a new corporate program director that came into play, and we our agendas did not obviously match up as far as uh, what I had to say. Oh, they're Sunny 95 right now. <laughs> they're, here to, they're here to stop me from talking. Wow. See it's how amazing. Fast that I happens? told you. Everybody's listening. Everybody's listening. Um, oh, it's our friend Chad Kessler from 451 Spirits. Hey. Hey, Chad hey, hey, Kessler from 451 Spirits. No, no, no. Have a seat right there on the end. So I had the option. I had the option to, to, to fight or, or, or go. And... Yeah, you know, I felt that uh, once we once we got everything in line, I I didn't want to be one of those radio stories where the guy's there on a Friday and then all of a sudden he's not there on a Monday and there's no explanation as to why and and where uh, he has gone and so forth and so on. So I, I took the high road and uh, and retired, as they say, or as I like to say, refocused because I've hardly retired. Having to slow down a little bit. Yeah. Well, not having to get up at four o'clock in the morning, and and uh, and go to work was a, a big change, but I miss it. I miss the people I work with. You know, um, our mutual producer Greg Hansberry for mm-hmm. your podcast and for my podcast mm-hmm. was my producer at Sunday ninety five. Um, uh, yeah, I miss working with him and and the daily busting of balls on a, on, a, on a Monday through Friday. <laughs> but no, seriously, I love it and. Stacy and Clark and everybody I worked with, the listeners were great. There are a lot of things I sincerely miss about not being there. I think I had one of the greatest jobs in the world. And under the right circumstances, I would have continued it. But I remember saying something many, many, many years ago. When it stops being fun, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And in the last couple of years, it's kind of stopped being fun. Not because of the people I worked with. They were great. Mm-hmm. We were all on the same page as far as like, you know, what do they, what do they want? We're trying to give them management, whatever they want. 
And every time we did, they would keep changing the game. And then finally, I, I think, I think my attitude and my opinion in that could not be closeted or, or mm -hmm. hidden anymore. So I think my true feelings started to show. And, and uh, mm -hmm. so we made a decision that was best for everybody, best for me and best for the radio station. We had a lovely week, week long send off. And I was amazed. I was amazed because when you're doing something for a long time, you, that's your job. You're just right. doing it. And I was just amazed and, and honestly, uh, surprisingly touched by the reaction of people. How many people loved you? That, that's a strong word, but but in some cases it was the appropriate word. I had, you know, people, you never know, you never know how you're going to touch somebody in any kind of way. And especially in that job. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a lady who, who reminded me of uh, a moment right after 9-11. She was of... Uh, uh, of uh, Muslim descent at, at, at when 9-11 hit and and there was all this hate that was was coming at her you know directly emotionally so forth and so on and I remember she called the radio station and was crying you know you know I am an American citizen you know and I love this country and, and, and people are hating me and she she went on to say what you know what I said to her that day that that, that calmed her down now I honestly until she said it, had forgotten all about it because that day in, in radio mm -hmm. was one of the most gut-wrenching uh, oh, sure. days of, of my life. I mean, that was, you know, the music stopped literally mm -hmm. and we just talked to people for hours and hours and we stayed on the air from, you know, sometime I got there in the morning till six o'clock that night. Wow. And then back at it again the next day with no music, just talking, talking, talking. But yeah, so... I was, yes, I was sincerely uh, touched and, and amazed by that. And a year later, I still walk around and people say, miss you, wish you were back. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes me too. And then sometimes not, because if I hadn't left, I don't think I would have put in the time and commitment into whiskey business that we're doing right now. So I don't know that we would have won uh, Best Comedy Podcast or Podcast of the Year. Because so did, I, you, did you already start? Whiskey business when you started were whiskey business at the station, but it was kind of like in, in the beginning and it was a reluctant thing to do. I mean, they asked me if I wanted to do a podcast and at first I said no. And then I said, eh, okay, let's, let's do one. And what do I like? I like whiskey. I like talking to people. Let's make it a podcast. Not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey and I'll have a different bottle every week. Yeah. Hansberry said, cool, man, let's do it. And we did it, and 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 it was kind of like you sounded just like Hansberry just then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, you know I tease him a lot. The son you never wanted. The son I never wanted, but you know I you know I love him. I you know, know you do. I you can know tell. I'm, I'm very can fond tell. of him. But yeah, I mean, we started doing it, and it was like kind of a it was actually one of our radio duties, if you will, uh, to put out this podcast every week. Okay. And, but I noticed something. I noticed something immediately. When we started doing the podcast, like this is this is the type of broadcasting I should be doing because you can. It's fun, right? You this can is, control yeah. it and just do be you. This and, is what I need to do. Yeah. This is what I should be doing. Not talking for you know ninety seconds before a 
you know, a Maroon Five record or or whatever the case might be. This is this is this is what I need to be doing. Not not to dis Maroon Five. No, I no, no, no. I'm just saying that Sign Ninety Five at at the time I was there played a, a lot of Maroon Five. <laughs> so that's the one. You know, if you would have asked me that, had the same conversation back in the late '90s, I would have said, you know, talking for a minute and a half before a Celine Dion song. So same thing. Um, it depends <laughs> on the the time period of where we were. But yeah, I said to myself, this is this is where. This is the kind of broadcasting I should be doing. Man, I wish I could do this all the time. Well, self-fulfilling prophecy, hello. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. A year later, that's exactly what I'm doing and loving it. Hansberry, do you enjoy doing it? Yeah. So, do you know, have you ever met Chad Kessler from 451 Spirits? Uh-uh. Chad, do you know Dino? Chad? No. Dino, me, Chad. Chad, I don't know where you So, Chad, is, have you... <coughs> 451 Spirits is right down the street from you. I know where I know where it is, okay. but I've not met the man. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, have you ever done a tour? No, I have not done a tour. You should do a tour. Not done, we're not done a tour. And also this is one of the this is one of the entities in town that you say would be good to be on whiskey business. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely so should have him on your podcast. You come on whiskey business he does well. make some whiskeys. Be happy to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you guys have something in common. We do? Yes. Is uh, it a son? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's hands very now. Uh, no, you you are going to be the master of ceremonies at the amazing first ever uh, cocktail convention in Ohio. Yep. The Columbus Cocktail Classic. That's coming up. Uh, coming up September 8th. September Sunday, 8th. September 8th. And Chad is actually going to be uh, hosting a seminar called Distilling 101, where anybody can ask him about distilling uh, because he is the lead distiller and co-owner of 451 Spirits. So. Yeah, pretty much the only distiller. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much a one-man show. I'm going to divulge all my secrets. Can, can I ask you, uh, and I don't want to steer the podcast away from Leanne. Go right but, ahead. But uh, can I, how'd you start? Um, is it, was it a family thing or just not at all? Yeah, people uh, start up these new distilleries and they're like, "Oh yeah, my great 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 grandfather," and they have mm-hmm. all these like made up stories. I'm like, first generation out of the kitchen here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I worked at Wyland's uh, for five years in the beer and liquor department. That's why you look familiar. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why you look familiar yeah. to me. I was well, like, like when I, when she said you guys know each other, I looked at him like, man, he looks familiar, <laughs> but I can't I can't place it. Yeah, so that's I worked it. there in the beer and liquor department for five years and got to taste stuff from all around the world and how it's made and why it tastes the way it does and drank way above my class for five years uh and i always tell people wylands is like a great jumping off point if you want to get into the industry and so many people like start there and then go on to become reps for other brands and companies uh the mothership never came and beamed me up and so i built my own mothership and decided to start distilling isn't that amazing yeah i had a regular that was distilling in his basement which is a not legal per right. se but uh, sure. i kind of followed his lead and started playing around at home and got lucky with some partners to help me back it and turn it into a reality so. so those those partners you know tasted what you made and believed in it and yeah. said yep yeah we're good man we're in yeah and That's so awesome. he makes whiskey rum gin absinthe what am i missing uh, and we also do limited release, like one-offs that are only at the distillery. And okay. so uh, one of those is the world's uh, only uh, pizza-flavored whiskey. Oh, yes. So. Oh. Okay. So, right. Chad. Chad. <laughs> All right. Well, are, you, are you familiar with Pechuga Mezcal? 
I am not. Uh, so it's a weird style they make for like weddings and quinceañeras, like a special right. version of it. And they'll put seasonal fruit and nuts in the still and then tie okay. a chicken breast up in the neck of the still. Okay. And as they run the still, the alcoholic steam cooks the chicken and imparts a meaty savoriness to the spirit. Okay. Uh, I was joking with my friends. I was like, you know, I obviously don't eat a lot of steamed chicken uh, or do CrossFit. <laughs> uh, what should I put in the still? And so instead of pechuga, I made pizza pie chuga. And it was meant to be a one-time joke, like guerrilla marketing stunt. Uh, we collaborated with Mikey's Late Night Slice because everyone in town knows them and nobody yeah. knows who we are. So it's like, let me ride your coattails a bit. I thought it'd be a single batch and done, and we're on batch four now. Wow. So it's actually... Shouldn't exist in the world. But it, it, but it's good. Yeah. And he was the, very, the, the first winner of the very first I'm Not Really a Bartender cocktail competition, and he made... A cocktail using that. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know That's if I told you, marketing I only point. entered that because I wanted to make people drink pizza booze. Um, <laughs> pizza booze. But the That's a, drink I made. Uh, it sounds like something that you would see on The Simpsons. Uh, uh, how do you, <laughs> pizza booze. Yeah. How do you feel about pineapple on pizza? Uh, I hate pineapple on pizza. Okay. Yeah. I, do, I do not. And I don't Split camp. I don't think it belongs there. So the cocktail I made, I love it. Uh, the cocktail I made, I called Fight Me. And it was just a pineapple <laughs> pizza and margarita. Yeah. And okay. I garnished it with a little wedge of pizza and grilled pineapple. And I think that definitely helped me. So <laughs> are the judges. Do you know, are you a fan of absinthe? Um, I have had absinthe, yes. I don't know if I'm a fan of it, um, but I've had it. And so in my, my opinion, my, my, my experiences with it have been um, foggy. Foggy. Well, that will happen if you yes. if you drink enough yes. absinthe. But the I, last time I had it was in Europe. Okay, so it was in Greece. I think that Chad makes the best absinthe. Oh, it flat. is delicious, no, and I really love the green good. color. And speaking of that, we might as well just drink it right now, right? Yeah. Let's take a little break. We're gonna pour a little absinthe. Okay. We don't have to break. We don't have to break. Pour it. All right. Okay. See, What's look the, at that beautiful, that is beautiful. green color. Where now, does that come from, Chad? That's actually, so there's 14 herbs in total in every batch that we make. Uh, three of them, we split the total in half and use part of them after distillation and do an infusion and then filter that out. Five. Uh, this is batch number five, yeah. Yeah, so ours... What's, um, the, what's the proof on this? Uh, it's 130 proof in the bottle. So I'm hoping <laughs> you're getting some water to add to it. Oh so I don't know how you had it in uh, Europe, but this is um, the way you're supposed to have yeah, it. Yeah, this is the way you're supposed to have it. About one is ounce. this even legal? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah, I had to explain that to people all the time when I worked in retail. People were like, it's not the same stuff they have in Europe, and this real stuff makes you hallucinate. And I was like, I... Yes, it does. I was. I think well, it does. No, really. I drank it all across Europe. I did not hallucinate. Um, that's what Amsterdam's for. Yeah. <laughs> Been there as well. Yeah. yeah okay. But, yeah, basically you cut it with about three to five parts ice water, and it'll turn cloudy. It's called uh, the louche, which means the clouding in French. Right. Um, I, I, brought, didn't know, I didn't know you were supposed to have ice water. I just drink it. Yeah? I mean, you can, but it'll open up. Have you ever, you've never cut it with water? No. Yes, well, we've had it that way. Tour turns like but not, fully cloudy? Not, not here, ours. this. Okay. Okay, we've had it at absinthe bars. What's the name of it again? Midsummer Night's yes. Absinthe. Yeah. That's a nod to Shakespeare's Midsummer's Night no. Dream. When we were going to name it, we couldn't settle on anything. Uh, it's also referred to as the Green Fairy because people thought you'd hallucinate uh -huh. and right. see fairies. And so when we started, and we're trying to brand it, um, had the recipe down, but my partner's like, 
all right, so what kind of fairy sort of label are we going to do? I was like, we're not doing fairies, Dave. Everybody does fairies. It's played out. And he just deadpan looks at me. He's like, what about a donkey? I was like, what the hell do you mean a donkey? What does that have to do with anything? He went on to explain Shakespeare's Midsummer's Night Dream. It's kind of hallucinatory, heavily features right. the donkey. The donkey. I was like, all right, Dave, you can have the donkey. So. Cool. So who makes your labels? Uh, Mike Martin. A donkey. Uh, a donkey <laughs> makes the labels. Yeah, a local guy named Mike Martin. His company's called Engine House 13. He mostly does concert posters. Um, I reached out to him early on because I Cheers. was familiar with some so of his we'll work. try it neat, and then we'll try it again. And try it the right way. The right way. Cheers. And, and then we'll all play Naked Twister. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want some accent? Hey, buddy. Wow, that's really good. That's really good, and that could really do some damage in excess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so. such an interesting flavor, though. All right, so then how much? Three? About three parts. So it's a little tricky in a small glass, um, but basically you'll see it start to turn cloudy. You'll oh, see these oils start coming out of solution. Cloudy. Yeah. And you want to add to oh, it, basically it. it turns like completely cloudy and white. Cloudy and white. So, see mine? Here, you do mine. Oh. You don't want to pour water over that? So water till it gets cloudy. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Interesting. And what you're doing, since it's high proof, um, you're not going to proof down to make it a little more palatable. Um, But also those oils coming out of solution open up the aromatics of the drink. Same as adding like a few drops of water to a whiskey. You're just adding a lot more. It's the same type of proof. And this is is available. This Mm -hmm. is for sale at the... 451. And all the liquor stores. Yeah, yeah we, we're we got in about 50 stores across the state. So Ohio Control State, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but there's two warehouses so. that supply every <laughs> yes. store. Uh, we're only in the Groveport one, so we're only as far north as I think Mansfield right now. But is it available at the distillery? Yeah, everything's available at the distillery. No, we actually mm-hmm. bought this at the Kroger and the Brewery District. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. What's so, it go for? Uh, it's 50 Oh, after tax, 49 some change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we try to be competitive with everything. Uh, we're making very tiny batches, and a lot of love goes into it, but consumer doesn't know that, and so I do my best to, like, price things out and be competitive. So, How often do you do tours at the distillery? Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, seven on Thursday and Friday, then I do one at 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock on We Saturday. were actually scheduled. There was a there was a, some friends. We were actually scheduled to come on a tour Uh some point last year, and something happened where they had to, to cancel it. Yeah. But so we said, you know, we'll we'll make it up. But you guys couldn't do it for some reason, and we ended up going there and never rescheduled it. But we might have, we may have met sooner then if that would have been the case. Are you on the tours? Are you there? Yeah, I'm the one that do, does all the tours. Uh, my partner's handled a few of them, but it's pretty much me. I've got my spiel down. I do like an hour long like educational kind of workshop. You must have had something else important. Yeah. Probably had like another tasting or event or something. Cause mm-hmm. That's about the only time I'll cancel them. Um, I try to pull down the dates before we get to that point, but sometimes. Is your barreling is it in the same facility? Everything's in the same facility. Okay. We're, yeah, people talk about like micro distilleries. We're very very micro. Mm-hmm. What's the yeah. What's the dream? I guess. I mean, you know, um, you obviously you went from a basement to where you're at now. Yeah. You probably never thought in a million years that would happen. Earn a comfortable living. Um, not worry if my dog gets sick, I guess. That's about it. <laughs> like Some people start these distilleries and they want to like take over and be a national brand right. and like build this empire. 
I'm like, I'm totally content being a small regional producer and then people are coming to Ohio and they learned about us because uh, we've gotten that recognition Then they'll go out of their way to come visit us. Um, I'd like to pay my partners back too. So, mm. so make enough money for them to be happy. Simple things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Congratulations. Well, I think you're a treasure of the city. You and Middle West Spirits, Watershed and Crystal Lobby, treasures yeah. in our city, really. Thank it's you. just um, amazing what you do. And and you don't have to follow any rules. You're just doing your own shit. You don't that was, pander. You just yeah. do. That was what I knew from the get-go is I thought there was a, a niche or opening for more creativity in the distilling world. Um, so many people start up these distilleries and they just make more bourbon and vodka and they get locked into like where they have to pay back their investors and they can't really branch out from that. Mm -hmm. uh, but craft brewers make these amazing beers that are nothing like Bud Light or Miller Lane. So it's like, why don't we do more creative right. distilling mm -hmm. instead of trying to go head to head with the big guys? Mm -hmm. And I get people on tours all the time and like, do you not like bourbon? I'm like, I, I love bourbon. It was my first love, but there's more barrels of bourbon aging in Kentucky than right. people living there. Right, exactly. I think they got it covered. And as a consumer and a fan of spirits, which I very much am, uh, if I'm in the store and I've got 40, 45 bucks to spend and there's a two-year-old or even less bourbon on the shelf for the same price as like four rows of single barrel, you get burned a few times and you're less willing to kind of take a chance on something. Right. So that. I personally have a dream of distilling my own spirit. So yeah. maybe someday I'll... You can come help. Do you have a great and, name uh, for it? I thought you gave me a name for it. I don't think so. I have to go back and listen to the podcast. I just really would love to make my own spirit. I just think that's the coolest thing. Um, and I originally thought that I wanted to do something with agave, but that's like hard to do, I think. Um, so we just I, did a second batch. It needs its second distillation still, uh, but the ferment was real tricky. It kept stalling out, and it was not happy, probably just because it's not used to being in Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, I think. I remember what it was now. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was, we, we tried my grappa instead. Oh, we were talking yeah. about distilling. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, was at the end of a, it was at the end of a long drinking night. But, I do love grappa. And you, well, now you have to try it again because... You're, now you're saying that you're. I was really drunk. Your yeah. review is tainted. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Grappa was honestly, I didn't remember that until you just said it. Mm. <laughs> Grappa was the first thing I actually made when I was pitching um, my idea to people because one of my now partners, uh, Paolo, uh, he owns Via Vecchia Winery, and they don't crush your grapes super hard. And so I was playing around at home. And I was like, "Hey, can I get some of your skins and pomace next crush?" Uh, and he's like, yeah, take whatever you want. It's just going in the dumpster. And so I made grappa. Um, made it once since. It's a pain to clean out the still because yeah. you pack it full of like basically yeah. solid matter and amazingly distill off a few liters of liquid. But then it all cooks to the inside and mm. it's such a mess to it clean is, out. It is yeah. messy. Yeah, but so, it also seemed to be you know, the easiest thing to, to, to try to make for it. I had gotten a still on my 55th birthday, a little okay. mini still. Yeah. <laughs> so we made it and it came out pretty good. Did you nice. talk to your friend Jim Canepa about that mini still that you have? No, I haven't I've not used it for any type of uh, just making essential oil. financial gain or anything like that. No, 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 no. I don't know what you speak of. So why hasn't anybody made, or maybe they haven't, I don't know about it. What is that noise? Oh, it's our refrigerator. Sorry, listeners, that was our refrigerator. We're, um, we're taping this in our, in our house, so things are a little loud, louder than usual. Um, chestnuts. Like, there's a ton of starch and chestnuts. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Um, and chestnuts no. can be very sweet, depending on, like, the American chestnut almost went extinct, but now it's coming back. 
Uh, the Italian chestnuts are a little sweeter, but the American chestnuts are kind of sweet. What? Tons of starch. American chestnuts, Italian chestnuts. Yeah. Do you know what chestnuts are? I know it. Yes, they yeah. roast on an open fire. And they're very good for you. <laughs> they're very nutritious, and they have a ton of starch in them. I did starch. not know about the starch as well. I, I was yeah. not aware of that. I mean, we're I know. both big guys. You'd think we'd know about the starch, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I know people have made booze out of acorns before. Okay. Uh, for similar reasons. You can process the starch. I would think chestnuts would be the, easier. Yeah, I I've never heard Let's of that. Let's do it, Chad. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it, Chestnut. I'm always down. That's my whole MO is to We're doing create it. obscure kind of neat things. Awesome. So. All right. You guys, we're going to make a Chad and I. We're making a spirit, and it's going to be great. You're going to love it. <laughs> okay, the longer so. I get to know you and the more I talk to you, the crazier I think you are. <laughs> Oh yeah, in a good way. Well, I told you in when we did way. your podcast, yeah. I I have these crazy ideas. The difference between me and everybody else in the world is yeah. if I think it, I'm going to do it. I know this. I know about you. I mean, you actually yeah, you put it on paper and then you put it into play. I do. Why not? And you he only brands once. every That's every right. single one of them. And then Blair brands it. This That's is right. This is what I remember. That's right. Yes. I mean, so speaking you only of branding, once, who so. who. Is the naming a collaborative thing for you? You said the labels are done by... Yeah, me and my partner go back and forth and basically just shoot down each other's ideas until we Bone find... Bone Shaker. I mean, you've got some great names out Bones, there. Do you want to hear? Like, yeah. In, yes. So Bone Shaker, uh, those are the original bicycles, two different size wheels. Right. right? Um, we use two different size barrels in our Solera process. Brilliant. Um, I love and it. And Bone Shaker sounds cooler than Penny Farthing, which is the other old bike with two different right. wheels. So, yeah. <laughs> I've gone on like sales visits before. And to, like, you've got bars. a skeleton on your bottle. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've gone to like sales visits, like bars and liquor stores before, and they're always like, oh, yeah, you're the place with the names that don't make any sense. I'm like, they make sense. You yeah. just got to think about it a little bit. That's right. Read a little history. Yeah. Very cool. So. I love that. Which is the worst response ever to somebody who's like, <laughs> <laughs> your names make no sense. Have you never read Shakespeare? Read some history. <laughs> oh, I burned him. I got him. I got him good. You hear what I said? I told him to read some history. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so what is your favorite that you make of your of all your spirits What's they're the all favorite? my children you know yeah uh, pick a favorite yeah, yeah okay. people used to always give me the uh deserted island thing like if you're on a desert island like what would you have i'm like where's this island you know is it off the coast somewhere in the tropics is it off the coast of iceland like what's on the island what can i pair with it um then someone was like, well, someone's holding a gun to your head. And it's like, well, that oh, that's escalated quickly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But what I drink the most of these days is probably Pipe Dream, our age drum. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm really proud of it. And there's no one around here making rum. Uh, I put ours into brand new uh, American oak. So it's the same that bourbon's going to go into. And so it picks up a lot of bourbon-like character. And I love just pouring that, especially for whiskey drinkers and people that think they don't like rum. Mm -hmm. People have this misconception about rum. They're like, oh, it's going to be sweet because it's made from sugar, right? I'm like, no, all alcohol is made from sugar. Right. It's how you make alcohol. Even mm -hmm. if you make whiskey right. from grain, you turn the starch into sugar first. Mm -hmm. uh, but people have only had bad rums, like Captain Morgan that mm -hmm. has so much sugar. It's more of a rum liqueur than mm -hmm. like an actual rum. Right. So that's been kind of my passion. I always tell people I started as I a like whiskey rum. producer. No, Pipe Dream is good stuff. I like rum. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You'll have to, you'll I'm have gonna to have check to it out. I'm going to have to stroll on down the, the yeah. block. Yeah. Because he's like right down the street from me, like you said. Right he's down the street. Far. Yeah. You're stumbling distance. To and from, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a really cool little place. Um, we took a tour. Gosh, Couple it's been a ago. few years ago now. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a fun little place. It's uh, 
you, you definitely, definitely should check it out. And the spirits are amazing. But I, I'm, I think I'm going to switch to bourbon, though. Hey, boys. Could you grab me some Glen Cairns back there? Since you're still here. <laughs> open that. Open that. Open the. No. Up, nope. Up. up. Behind the Calumet. There, there you go. From a, from a just listening Grab podcast some. standpoint, when you say, hey, boys, it just sounds like you have a staff of them. Yes. <laughs> I do. Uh, well, and apparently I'm a obedient. On hand. Yeah, so I went, to, I went to Leanne and Blair's, and they have a staff of too. boys who just stand at attention Scantily and, hand, and hand them the proper glasses for the right cocktails. True story. It's, it's oh. my dream. Hey, now. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> oh, yeah, Blair might not like that. Okay, what is this? This is Calumet. I love Calumet. I love the bottle. I love the horse farm. We that just had the, uh, the Black Rack uh, single... I think you have it up there too. Mm -hmm. Just recently on the podcast with um, we're this turn, guess. Mike Larson, I think. Is that the most beautiful bottle? Yeah, that's nice. So I I save all these bourbon bottles because I think I'm going to turn them into candles or something, and so I, I have like a too. shit ton of them. I got them all in the garage, but I, I have done like, nothing with them. I keep thinking I've I'm going to start a, 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 a an empty whiskey bottle garden of some sort. So or some the, sort of Cholula exhibit. I joined the idea found. <laughs> I joined the idea foundry so that I could use their glass cutter. I took a glass cutting class, but then I never did anything with it. You sound like you you you're, you spark like you have an idea what we can oh, do with it. I've got a gal that can turn them into candles for you if you don't want to do the work yourself. No, I wanted to do it myself just no. for the fun. And actually, these are great handles. Like I I have a cabinet in there. The handle fell off and I couldn't find it, so I used this as the uh, handle for the drawer. My Isn't old housekeeper who <laughs> moved to Florida would take whiskey bottles uh, and turn them into lamps as well. She yeah. made me a, a lovely lamp. Cheers. Out of a, out We're of back town, in town branch bottle. Thank you, thank you. This is good stuff. Cheers, guys, over there. Boys. boys. <laughs> My boys. Yeah, we go through a lot of sample bottles on tours, um, and yes. so they were just going into the recycle, and then I found her, and uh, I was like, hey, you can just take these, and mm. I'd just like to see them get a second use. Yeah. Um, we can't reuse them because they all have the batch number written on the back. Right. So. Were you a patient guy when you were at Wylands? With, with, with the, the, the different levels so of bourbon people that would come in? Yeah, I like to think I was. Um, I really prided myself on like customer service there, and like because yeah. you get people that are brand new to it, um, and they of course they'd be like, "Oh, do you have Pappy?" Because I just learned about I'm yeah. getting into bourbon. I'm like, "If you had this," they're like, "No, if you had this, no." I'm like, "A, no, we don't have Pappy." No. B, you need to learn all about these other ones and learn to appreciate them before you're going to be able to appreciate what makes Pappy or another high end whiskey right. special. You can't start at the top; it doesn't work that way. Um, well, for some it does. Well, yeah, for some. <laughs> but being in Ohio, knowing it's not readily available, I'm like, learn to love these ones. And then when you do finally get to try that, it'll blow your mind. Um, but also that people would be like, what's the best of something? I'm like, don't ask me what my favorite is. Like, name three things you like, and I will find three things that are in the wheelhouse, but maybe a little outside of your comfort zone or like kind of steer you towards something you've never had before. Mm -hmm. And that was always a lot of fun for me. That was a fun part of the job. So yeah. for our listeners outside of Columbus, Wylands is a specialty grocery store, family owned. Yeah. Um, and they have an amazing selection of spirits and bitters and everything that you need. Beer and uh, wine as well. Yeah. Good cheese. 
It was and cheese. They have wonderful cheeses. We don't get down there very Fresh often. produce. It's well, place, it's on though. the north side of Columbus, and it's we're far. downtown. Yeah. If I got locked in the Wylands overnight, I, they would just find me drunk and reeking of cheese <laughs> because I would just, I would just wipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. And I was curious about that because even when I go in, I'll hear, uh, you know, what I call uh, young bourbonites who don't know and what to get and and I'll say I need a I need a I need a good gift. And I always ask questions too because when we talk about rums, you know, I wouldn't know what to do with with rum exactly. I mean, I know what some good rums are. I know that, you know, my brother-in-law was in Cuba a while back and I got some Havana Club from Cuba, so I, you know, yeah. and that was delicious, but you know, I wouldn't know. And then I see the people, I see guys that are hanging out together and one guy is the purported bourbon guy and he's spouting off stuff and I'm listening to him going, that's not right. You're, you don't know what you're saying to your friends. You're you're, oh, yeah. you're spouting off sh- shit that's incorrect. And, and his guys are going, okay. His buddies are like, okay. Yes, that, uh, that, uh, that, that's barrel proof. What that means is uh, somebody actually proved that it came out of a barrel. And, uh, <laughs> or something stupid like that. It was always fun and kind of a challenge to like correct people without like offending them right I'm like trust me i'm a huge nerd i study this stuff for fun like i know i'm like look i'm pretty sure maybe, maybe you're right go home look it up do some research if i'm wrong please come back and tell me because i would like to be corrected if i am wrong uh no one ever came back yeah so on oh, our podcast whiskey business you know people say oh so you guys are whiskey experts no we never ever ever claim to be whiskey experts we do claim to be fans of brown liquor yeah. and want to learn as much as we can about it and have some basic facts to share but we never claim to be well even the, the experts the, the say experts. they can't be experts because there's there's so no many variables no that go way. into it and you're no. always learning and no. In fact, we learn from our, our guests. So if you were to come on Whiskey Business, I'd be pumping you for information, much like I have uh, tonight, uh, yeah. and finding out more about it and the process and so forth. I get people with the distillery. It was like, oh, so you're the master distiller? I'm like, I'm not bestowing that upon myself. That's something like you should always be learning. There's always more you can learn. I'm like if Jimmy Russell comes down and knights me master distiller, I'll accept the title, but... Can he do that? Can he actually do that? Is is that allowed? Is that happening? Is that happening in Kentucky? That would be cool. They had a knighting process for that. You can pull the bottle out of the stone. You're the king of Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should have a cocktail competition utilizing only 451 spirits. What do you guys think about that? Oh, that sounds good to me. <laughs> the boys, the boys are not a yes. <laughs> would you guys do that? One thousand percent. We should do that. That would be hey, so hey, fun. You, you want a location? You got one approved. Oh, where would that be? What <laughs> well, uh, Sweden or Norway? Norway? I don't know. Denmark. Yeah, that place. Yeah. I thought you guys were for sale. <laughs> that would be really fun. We're gonna I'm do not that. opposed to shameless self-promotion. Okay, so uh, to-do list for you and me. Chestnut liqueur. Chestnut liqueur. Or spirit. And, uh, or spirit. And uh, I feel like liqueur would probably, I don't know, we'll have to play with that. Um, and competition utilizing I could spirits. see it being kind of like a nochino. 
something you know well, along those yeah. lines. I'm more intrigued by turning the starch into sugar and making actual spirit Actually, from, it. from yeah. it. Yeah, but we can always add more yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be interesting just to just to figure it out. We'd have to. I feel like there would need to be an automated process for removing the shell, though, because it's kind of a bitch to get those things off. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to smash them with a hammer all afternoon. Oh uh, yeah, I guess yeah. you could, because you really don't care if they're whole or if they're in parts. In fact, it'd probably be easier because the starch, the surface for to remove the starch would be. We're going to go way off in like a yeah. real nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're already on their way. I'm going to wait till it's all done and ready to taste. Yeah. yeah. You and me both. I'm just glad we're on the record now. So now I feel like I have to do it. I yes. operate kind of the same way where I have an idea and like, I'm going to do this thing. And people are like, yeah, yeah, sure you are. And I'm like, I have to do it now. Awesome. Which is why. That's why we get along. Cheers to that. Apparently. And then cheers I'll brand it. Doing it. There we go. Well, I don't know. His, he already has a guy, Blair. I'll work with him then. <laughs> That's fine. Well, this has been really fun. It has I'm been. So glad we did this uh, this little group podcast, um, and it's great that you two ha- are here together because you're both going to be part of our convention, which we looking uh, forward we to, need it. to Sell some tickets for. Um, tickets are going fast, and people need to get their tickets by September fifth. Yes. Um, you cannot at buy the Columbus tickets at the door. Col- the Columbus Cocktail Classic dot com. At yeah. the Joseph. At the Joseph. Dino Tripodis is going to be the master of ceremonies. I will be the master of ceremonies. Chad Kessler will be presenting a seminar on distilling 101 where you can ask him anything you want to know about distilling, his processes. He's going to talk about the Solera process. He's actually doing two roles because he's going to be. Oh, that's right. You're going to be the moderator, the moderator for, for the room seminar. I'm going to keep Chad White in check, make sure he doesn't. Go off in too many tangents. I, there you go. I think and he will be... because he's very passionate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to talk Rome, he's a person to talk to. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Uh, he has no vested interest in Rome, like from a business standpoint. He's just super passionate about it. Uh, and he's kind of responsible for pushing me to even really make Rome. Uh, when we started, I made uh, Writer's Block, which is our unaged uh, mint and lime, like mojito inspired Rome. Um, that's, the name, was, that's, the, that's the name of one of your. Yeah. Because I, I'm, think a, of a good I'm name a, for it. you know, I'm a writer, and so that sounds like I need yeah. it. I need to have writer's block. It's rum. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we made too much of the base spirit, and I was talking to him, and he was super excited about rum, and I was like, "All right, well, let's lay down some barrels and see how it goes." And now that's now my favorite thing to drink that we make. So that's the pipe dream. Yeah. So fun. Very cool. The distillery was also the pipe dream. So yeah, it's also <laughs> coming full circle. That's a beautiful thing. So, listeners, um, before Blair gets down to business, um, Whiskey Business Podcast, you can listen to that wherever you find your podcast. And it is the uh, best podcast of the year in Columbus. It so, was. Um, and once again, I'll come full circle. You got to announce that. I that was a treat it. for us to have you it's announce it. treat for me, I tell yeah, you. It really was. Thank you. And uh, 451 Spirits is in Clintonville. And you can take tours on Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Yep. Um, book those through the website. Book those through the website, and you can find his products at any local liquor source. Can you find it? Do you distribute elsewhere, or is it just in Ohio? Uh, not yet. Uh, we're looking to do that in the next year. Okay. Um, we just brought on a fifth partner, and he's kind of taken over like marketing and expansion okay. sort of stuff because I don't have the mind for that or really care about it. Right. So, so we're looking to, just yeah. 
Just go to the liquor store, buy one of everything, and then you can decide which is your favorite. Yeah, there you go. Please. <laughs> so if they don't have it, ask them to order it, and they should be able to get it for you because not everybody stocks all of our products. Right. Um, but That's a good tip. Yeah. All right. All right. So we want to thank our producer, Greg Hansberry. 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 Thank you, sir. We want to thank the biographer who produced and created our original music. And we want you to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you subscribe and listen to your podcast. That's super important. Like, nobody reviews us. We We've have one two, review. Oh, two. It was my, like my sister and my yeah. friend. Right. That counts. <laughs> it counts. It's fine, but we need more. No, we do the same thing. Always rate and review. It really helps. Yeah. It What's does. the word you use, Hansbury? Propagate? Mm-hmm. Propagate? Do you even, That's do you even know what word. that means? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, propagate. Rate and review and propagate. <laughs> So check out our cocktail tour at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com. We've got upcoming dates and special events already on there. And more keep getting propagated and added <laughs> as, as we go. There is a very special one on October 26th, and it's selling out fast. And there may or may not include a hayride through the city of Columbus. Mm. So check that out. Cool. Also... This will drop before the first ever cocktail convention in Columbus, in Ohio, the Columbus Cocktail Classic. That will be September 8th from 2 to 6 p.m. at Limeridian Columbus, the Joseph Hotel. Beautiful. Tickets are on sale now. All the information that you could ever need is at thecolumbuscocktailclassic.com. Buy tickets in advance because we will be shutting that down on Thursday, September 5th. But you will get seminars from experts, including Chad. Free food, free cocktails, lots of great stuff, a lot of fun. Who doesn't like free shit? And it will all culminate with the oh, best ever throwdown. The co- culinary cocktail throwdown. Looking which forward is, to that. Uh, I think it's very unique. I don't know that it's ever been done before. It's a team competition that pairs a bartender and a chef. So the for, in our world, the, co- the cocktail is always the star of the show. So the bartender creates a cocktail, and then the chef creates an amuse-bouche that pairs with that. We'll have a panel of judges um, that will critique them, but then we'll also have a studio audience that will get to taste everything that they make and also vote for fan favorites. So you don't want to miss that. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. So... All right, that's it. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you for having. It's the first time I've ever been to Maranova. Nice. I've never, yeah, yeah. Cheers and welcome. So thank Cheers. you. It's nice. Cheers. Cheers.